0: This is one of those moments where it really exemplifies what community is all about, especially today. A passage in 1 Corinthians 12 that talks about real community is about when we weep with those who weep, which we will do later this afternoon. But we also rejoice with those who rejoice. We celebrate with those who celebrate. So community is this rhythm of just being happy about other people's successes and celebrating milestones like with Mark, and it's also gathering with others and just having empathy and sharing their heart as we will do this afternoon. It's just something, there's something rich and powerful about that. I want to thank uh, Brendan for um, the, uh, the, uh, handling the curve I threw him, or to use another sports metaphor, because Brendan's an old football quarterback, uh, the audible I called there in the last few moments. Um, I actually met Mark, Chapter 4, 35 to 41. I texted him the wrong one. Um, And that was probably this past week. I've had a lot on my mind, but a lot on my mind has been you, has been the meeting, has been everything that has transpired in the last three or four weeks. Um, Some of you probably heard the term storm chasers. I know there's probably a show. These are uh, people that live in states like Oklahoma and Kansas and Nebraska and maybe Indiana and Texas, and they do these crazy things like look for dark clouds, and they look for lots of lightning, and they look for lots of wind. And they get in their cars, and they drive toward these clouds and this wind. And I see Alice smiling back there, because if Alice has one dream, it is to be a storm chaser. Now, we call them storm chasers. I call them crazy. (laughs) See, I'm a storm avoider. And maybe it's because I grew up in the Midwest, and I've had my share of tornado warnings. I've had my share of fire department sirens blasting one long, continuous blast, and the family going across the alley toward the church basement is staying down there. And uh, I've had my share of huddling in closets and bathrooms. And Linda even had one instance a few years ago here in North Carolina. And I don't think they're going to make a show called Storm Avoiders because it doesn't have much zing because it's probably just me sitting in my office drinking a cup of coffee. So no one's going to watch that. A few weeks ago, I headed to Oak Island for the North Carolina Yearly Meeting Minister's Retreat. And I avoided a storm. I avoided a snowstorm. I made sure that Linda was okay with it because she was going to be here. I was going to be there. I know. I'm looking like a cat already. She's shoveling snow. I'm down at the beach drinking coffee, watching the sunsets and sunrise. So I felt a little bit guilty because I was leaving Linda in harm's way, but she assured me it was all right. So as I drove to the beach, I drove away with the realization that I was putting more distance between me and this possible snowstorm, which actually turned out to be fairly mild, I guess, all considering. Now, I may have avoided that storm, but when I got back home, it seemed as if I drove right into another storm. This was a different one, not a snowstorm, not, another, not a thunderstorm. This was a storm that had to do with news of people that I received. Within that one weekend, Jenny Thornton... Doris Borum, Carolyn Pegram were all reported to have developed cancer. And then of course it was about three or four days later that we sat and you all prayed and we sat with Lisa in the waiting room there at Moses uh, Wesley Long and she went under her biopsy and it, the news came out a little bit later that she had been diagnosed with cancer as well. And so I just in one week, I sat and I thought, how does one go away for one week? How do we all go through one week? And then in one weekend, a storm just hits without warning, without sirens, without anything on the horizon. It just seems to hit, even to the point where someone here told me, and I get it. Someone said to me, and I said it a few moments ago, I'm not sure I want to open up any emails you send out anymore. I said, I get that. I'm not sure I want to send out any more emails, to be quite honest with you, but we do, because you all are a praying bunch of folks, and I know that's what you'll do. But I also realize that you just can't spin life sometimes. You can't edit life. I can't spin the prayer requests. I can't edit what's there. It is what it is. Sometimes it's what's given to us and what needed to be shared now, I'm sure some of you have other storms that you have faced before, and these are huge storms for these folks. They really are, but storms that we don't expect. Financial storms, marital storms, parent-child storms, job- or work-related storms. Sometimes people face emotional storms. Even family storms, or in this case, personal illness storms. If we could have avoided these storms, we would have. If we could have driven away from them, we would have. We, we don't go chasing after these, but somehow, sometimes they find us, and they find the people that we know and that we love. You know, without knowing it, these disciples sailed right into a storm. The scripture's called it a lake, but it's a, it's a sea, Sea of Galilee. It's a lot bigger than just a pond. Surrounded by hills and mountains, the wind blows over the hills, it comes down, it swirls around in this huge, huge, huge lake. And all this, this storms and the wind, it all kicks up, and the disciples are on this boat, out in this huge body of water. And soon they are overwhelmed by this storm, so overwhelmed, the waves are crashing against this boat, that the boat is swamped. And that's what storms do. They sometimes make us feel that we are swamped. Swamped with anxiety, swamped with fear, swamped with uncertainty, swamped with doubt, swamped with all of that. I just want to make a couple observations about this story that Brendan read. And I may not even give a conclusion, because I want to invite you to maybe have a conclusion on your own. How do you see yourself in this story? But my first observation is simply this. Storms happen. Storms happen, even to those that follow Jesus. That's what happened with these disciples. Just because I choose to follow and walk in the Jesus way doesn't mean that I will receive a get out of storms free card. The storms happen to all of us. I got a call from Aaron the other day. Um, Aaron, of course, living in Los Angeles. And it was her birthday, early part of March. And for her birthday, Avery, her boyfriend, took her to Disney. Erin is a huge Disney person. Ever since we took the kids to Disney a, a couple times, she is sold. And I can understand why. When I've been there, it is a magical place. There's, I don't, I've never seen any trash on the ground. I honestly think that if you drop something, a hand comes out from somewhere, grabs it, and goes back in. Things just like that happen. And every time Erin talks about Disney, she says, we're going to Disney, the greatest place on earth. And that's how she always phrases it. Well, she and Avery were on a ride. And as they were on this ride, sitting across from them were a couple of tweeners, as she called them. And this was a ride with a simple Ferris wheel. And as the Ferris wheel was going around, the tweeners were all giggling as a guy and a girl. They are on a little tween date, as she said. And she said, all of a sudden, and I'm going to be very careful how I frame this story, because you're going to get it in a few moments Somebody above wasn't handling the ride very well. And something all of a sudden came down on the little tween girl. We'll leave it at that. At that point, the little girl was shaking and upset, and she was completely hysterical, and Aaron was trying to help her, dousing her with her water bottle and trying to comfort her. And Aaron said, as we got off the ride, we took the little girl and her, her boyfriend, who was about five paces behind, wondering, well, does this end the day? Um, LAUGHTER took him to management and said to management, this just happened, you need to give her a free T-shirt. And so she did end up getting a free T-shirt, and Aaron talked an awful lot about that. But when I thought about that, I thought, you know, sometimes the magic kingdom isn't always magical, is it? (laughs) We want the life in the kingdom of God to be like a magic kingdom where life is always perfect. But we quickly find out that isn't the case. Doctors' reports layoffs, breakups, family members, sad. We worry about our loved ones. We may even feel a little bit aimless in where we're going to go next in our life. So it happens. doesn't mean we've done anything wrong, friends. doesn't mean we have somehow made somebody mad in the universe. It just means life happens this way at times. It happened to the disciples. The second observation is sometimes the storms and our fear drives us to doubt, even question whether Jesus cares for us because you heard what the disciples say. They find Jesus in the boat, and they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're drowning? Now, you can add any other word in there besides drowning, and you could say, Jesus, don't you care that I'm drowning in my guilt? Don't you care that I'm drowning in my grief, in my disappointment, in my fear? Don't you care? To be this person of faith doesn't mean that we deny our humanity. In fact, it means that in some ways we're given permission to be more in touch with it, to just be honest about what we're experiencing, what we're feeling. Sadness, anger, grief. If you read the Psalms, the Psalms are really nothing more than a prayer book of human emotion. Lament, rejoicing, questions, doubt, anger, sometimes even vengeance. But what the person is doing is saying, if I don't pray this to God, it's going to end up somewhere, and it's going to end up in my soul, and it's going to stay there, and it's going to do something to me. So what the psalmist says, why don't I just pray it to God? And in some ways, when we pray to God our fears and our doubts and our questions and sometimes our sadness and grief and our anger, we at least take it to the one who can do something about it and who can handle it. The other thing I noticed about the disciples, at least in that case, is at least they went to Jesus. You know, we ding the disciples a lot maybe for not having enough faith, but at least they went to Jesus in that moment and talked to him about what was going on in their life. Don't you care, Jesus? And sometimes my richest moments, my most growing-edge moments are when I have gotten toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye, nose-to-nose with Jesus and said, look, look. Don't you care about what is going on with me? I know he does, but I just got to say it. I got to get real with him, because in that moment he gets real with me. And the last observation I want to say is this the one who is with us in the boat is still the one who holds command over all of life, over all of creation who invites all of creation to simply silence and be still, the one who settles things down and brings a great calm. And I hope it doesn't sound too cliche but it really is important at least to note this. At least Jesus is in the boat with us. At least we're in the boat with Jesus. And we're taking this ride together, this journey together. And he has the ability to silence all of creation, to simply say, be calm and be still, that he can speak into our life, into our circumstance, those same kinds of words, silence, be calm, and be still. And my prayer for us as a faith community is that in this storm, and some of us are a little bit farther removed than others, but that we can say to each other, and we can bring to those who need us right now, we want to bring you a calmness, and a stillness and a presence that we hope will bring you encouragement. As I was sitting here and we shared the prayer request, one of my thoughts was I hope many of you, as many of you can that know him, send a card to Dan Farrell. We haven't seen Dan and Carol in a while. Send him a card, encourage him, send him an email, let him know wow, we are praying for you, we miss you, and we love you all so much. We can be that presence of Jesus that brings that calmness and that stillness to people at this moment in their life when they can't do it themselves. Now here's where I want to leave you with a conclusion. So what is your storm? What is, if any, the storm that you're in right now that you're facing that you simply need to pray to Jesus, speak to Jesus, recognize that Jesus is in the boat with you. What is its name? And how can Jesus speak some silence and calmness into the storm that you're in?